0: Good morning and welcome to Lessons with Dad. I'm here with my daughter Ruthie. Hi. And we are going to be doing Luke chapter 12 today and we're about Ruthie right at the midpoint of the book of Luke. So 24 chapters, we're in chapter 12. So after today we'll be uh, halfway through the book, although we're a little further than, a little bit more than halfway through Jesus's ministry uh, because a good portion of the the end of uh, Luke are all focused, like we talked before, on the uh, the last probably month or so of Jesus's life. So uh, exciting time. We've talked about how Jesus and John the Baptist grew up and, and Jesus started his ministry and has gone healing and preaching, performing miracles. And at this time, he's really now uh, going to focus on teaching his disciples, predicting the future and telling them really the heart of of what he's trying to teach and show the people so uh if you want let's go ahead and begin luke chapter 12.
1: meanwhile when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying be on your guard against the yeast of the pharisees which is hypocrisy there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that, can you know more? But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, Fear him are not five sparrows sold for two pennies. Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of you are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the son of man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God and everyone who speaks a word of this son against the son of man will be forgiven but anyone who blasphemies, blasphemies yep. against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven when you are brought before synagogues rulers and authorities do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say
0: So that's really good, Ruthie. Thanks for that. And so Jesus here in this portion is focusing on your heart and where your heart is and what you're focused on, right? He's saying, look, care about the things and about God, right? And so all these people are here. Don't be contaminated by the Pharisees who are worried about all these rules and follow this and do this. It's not about what you do, but it's where your heart is. And those should be focused on Jesus he's saying uh, you should be following me and listening to me and you should proclaim that you know me and so and then it at, at the end it says and we're gonna read a lot about this when we get to acts when you're you know you're gonna suffer trials when you follow Jesus and when you're brought uh, before synagogues and rulers and authorities you know he's saying don't worry about what to say because God will give you those words and what to say we see this fulfilled in what he's saying in the entire book of Acts. And it's pretty exciting to see. So Jesus is uh, really setting them up and teaching them uh, for what they're going to need in the future. All right, let's go ahead.
1: Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man who appointed me a judge or er- 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 arbiter between you then he said to them watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions and he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop he thought to himself what shall i do i have no place to store my crops then he said this is what i'll do i will tear down the barns and build bigger ones and there i will store all my grain and my goods and i'll say to myself you have plenty of good things laid up for many years take life easy eat drink and be merry but god said to him you fool this very night your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God.
0: That's really good. So Ruthie, this whole part here, someone in the crowd asks him, hey, help help settle this dispute I have. And he's probably looking for Jesus to say something on on how things should be divided. And what does Jesus say? Hey, look, your heart is in the wrong place, right? So someone's looking for something on how it's divided and what... God or Jesus says a lot about money throughout the Bible. And here's another example where he says, look, I don't care so much about what happens here. Don't worry so much about money. Focus on God, focus on what your heart is and everything will flow through that. And so this parable that he told is, you know, this person that had a bunch, had some land, produced a crop. And what did he focus most on? Not on helping his fellow man. Not on helping his neighbor like we heard about uh, a couple chapters ago, but he focuses on let me build more. Let me build more storehouses to store my, my grain and build more for me so that I can sit back, take it easy, and not have to work. And Jesus says, hey, your life is demanded of you tonight, and what good is it all? That stuff will just be divided up and given away. So don't worry so much. And he's going to talk more about that as we go. So next, Jesus says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I mean, isn't that amazing? That's it. That's just a great line. War, does worry add anything to your life, Ruthie? No, no, it doesn't. Does worrying about taking a test in school help you do better on that test? No. <laughs> what helps you do better on the test? Study. Study and working, right? But worrying doesn't. And so we have to realize what things are under our control and take action. And the things that are out of our control, Let's not worry about them, but God is saying, worrying about food or whether you're gonna eat or do this, if you put your heart, it's it's interesting what he's gonna talk about here in a bit, is focus on the right things and put your energy there and God will take care of the other things. Because God takes care of the birds. Are we more valuable to God than birds or animals? Yeah. Yeah, a lot more valuable, don't you think? Yes. Who have you? Oh, so since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And then he says, this this is great. I like these examples. Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. How much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you th- will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows that you need them. And then listen to this, Ruthie. This is important. So don't worry about the clothes or the things you have or the food or whatever. It says, but seek his kingdom, right? Seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. So if you're, do you think if you're seeking after God and following what he wants to do, do you think he'll take care of what you need to eat and live and get by with? Yes. Yeah. I mean, what do you think he's asking? What do you think God's asking us to do to make sure we'll have those things? Um, if you don't worry about him, what do you have to do to the other person?
1: Pray about
0: it. Pray about it. But but you also have to have faith or trust that those things are going to be taken care of, Right. And so what God really wants us here is to have faith in him and trust that, hey, these other things, whether it's money or uh, food or what you need to live and get by, in today's world and, and certainly in the affluent United States, it's not such a big deal. But in other countries, and other places, and certainly in in the time that Jesus lived, you know, having food every day or or what you need to get by was a real worry for them. So that's really what he's talking about. Don't worry about all those things. God, if you trust and have faith in God and are are seriously pursuing the kingdom, God's going to take care of your other needs. It says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Right? God wants to give us the kingdom of God. God wants us to be in heaven. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. So what do you think a purse that will not, a purse, this is pretty interesting, a purse that will, will not wear out. What do you think that is?
1: Like you keep using it and it like still works no matter how much you use it.
0: And where would that purse be? He's not talking about something on heaven or here on earth. Where's he talking about? In heaven? <laughs> yeah, of course. So he's a purse here on earth when you're trying to store money in a purse or in a, in your possessions or whatever have. And he's saying, provide a purse that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that that will not be exhausted. And he says, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Right? So if you store and you care about the kingdom of heaven more than you care about the things here, you care more about following God, telling people about God, you're storing treasure in heaven. Right? Through your faith. And then it says, for where your treasure is, what you value, right? Another way to say that is, for what you value most in life, there your heart will be also, right? If you, the things you care about, your heart's there. You think about them during the day more often. You care about them. You check things. Uh, People that have, you know, money in the stock market that might be checking every day on their account or on their phone, hey, am I making money today? Am I losing money? And they're, they're obsessed with what they have, right? And that's because where their heart is, that's where, um, where their treasure is, that's where their time and heart and mind is. And what God's saying is really value what's in heaven. Value your eternity more than you care about what's here for a short time, right? If you consider we're on earth, Ruthie, this tiny little sliver of time, right? That's maybe this big and I've got my fingers an inch apart. Right. But if you go from here to the clouds, you know, as an example of what eternity is, and we're talking about less than a, you know, less than an inch, you need to value eternity way more than we value the little time here on earth. And so if we really understood that economy or that equation, we would focus a lot more of our time and effort and thoughts on what's in heaven, and how we get there and how we love and support God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right? It's a different economy. It's a different uh, value system of importance. All right. So let's read here on watchfulness.
1: Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants who whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answers, Who then is faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge? of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns i will tell you the truth he will put him in charge of all his possessions but suppose the servant says to himself my master is taking a long time in coming and he then brings begins to be the men's servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he is not aware of he will cut him in, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers that servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, and much more will be
0: asked. So that's really good. So... Ruthie, this is a parable, and and Jesus is saying, be on the watch and be ready. He's actually talking about later after he leaves, right? They don't understand at this time when he's teaching them this story that this is for later when Jesus is gone and waiting. And this is really a story for us right now. And what Jesus here is saying is, hey, just like when the master leaves and leaves people in charge of his house while he's gone right? So imagine someone owns I don't know, a farm or a, uh, uh, maybe a vineyard or something back in that time where they grow grapes and make wine. And so he owns it, but he goes away. And the people there should keep doing the work on the farm or the ranch or whatever they have while the master's gone. And then at some later time, the master's going to come back and what what well he's gone, if he shows up unannounced, what does he expect the people that are working on his ranch to be doing? working working right not being lazy not sitting around not partying and and going hey the boss is gone we're going to do other things they expect them to be working and so they're at he jesus is actually telling that story that's what you would expect and what what would happen if he came back and found that they weren't working what do you think the master would do
1: get mad at them
0: yeah and probably do what discipline them or something like that right But if he comes back and they're doing what he expected him to do, and maybe even more than he thought, what, what would he do then?
1: Be happy with them and like give them something in return.
0: Right. Give, certainly give them what they would expect, but maybe even reward them for being um, uh, dedicated and supporting them. And so that same thing, Ruthie, that's what God expects of us. So instead of leaving a vineyard or a ranch for people to manage, God left the kingdom of heaven, right? here on Earth, entrusted to who? Who has God entrusted that to? everybody. everybody the ch- but primarily to the church, Ruthie, those believers that are here. so he's entrusted it to everybody but me. He's entrusted it to you. and what what Luke is saying here, what Jesus said in this part is be wa- be on the watch be ready so that if could Jesus come today, could he return right now? Mm -hmm. He could. He's going to return. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It might be next week. It's been 2000 years since he died on the cross, right? And was resurrected at any time he could return. And he's saying, be ready, be on the watch, do the work. And so when you're on on a ranch or maybe in a vineyard, there's you know, you cultivate the plants, you work with the plants, but we're in the kingdom of God here. What, what's our job? What should we be doing when Jesus returns? What would you want? What would he want to see us doing?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: What do you think? What do you think Jesus would would say, hey, that this is what I want you doing as a follower of Jesus?
1: Obeying him.
0: Obeying. That's a big thing, right? We should be obeying. We should be good examples. What else should we be doing?
1: Um, praying.
0: We should pray. Absolutely. We should have a relationship with God. What else?
1: Like reading the Bible.
0: Absolutely. That's how, you know, praying, reading the Bible. That's how we keep a relationship with God. What other things in our life? What else should we be doing for others?
1: Like um, being kind to them?
0: Yep, certainly being kind. What else? There's so many things we could do, right? So we should be kind. We should love others. You think God would want us to be making other, telling other people about God? Probably there are missionaries. Um, In different people, God gives different skills or capabilities through the Holy Spirit. So some people might serve in the church. You might never see them speaking or, or doing a whole lot. They might be, like we did today, what did we do today? We went and and worked, um, helping you know, give uh, groceries and stuff to people in need, right? We worked at a, uh, I guess, a food pantry, right? But we didn't, we weren't telling people about God. But I think through actions, we were there packing boxes and putting them in in cars and stuff, so that that's one thing, right? So you you don't necessarily be need to be preaching, but some people. God gives the ability to preach. Maybe at school, when you go to school, you could be telling people about what God's done in your life. So there's all these things that God wants us to be focused on. Certainly praying, reading the Bible, having a relationship, being kind, being a good example. So there's a lot, those are the things. (laughs) If God showed up today, we'd wanna be doing those things, right? Those are the things, but first and foremost, we wanna have a relationship with God ourselves. We want to be an active participant in the church, right? That's his kingdom here. And then we want to be be doing that and following the leading of the Holy Spirit on what our job is as part of that church, which can be anything. It can be a service job. It can be, you know, behind the scenes, but it could be out front as well, talking to our friends and people that we meet every day. So I think that's a really, really great passage there. All right, we'll go and finish chapter 12 here. And it said, Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo and how distressed I am until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division from now on, there will be five and one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So this is saying, especially when they're Jewish people or other religions, hey, some people are going to decide to follow me and some people aren't. In our family, it's easy because we're all Christians, Ruthie, but imagine if you are another religion and you had to make a choice and that's the division that's going that he's talking about. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the West, immediately you say, it is going to rain and it does and when the south wind blows you say it is going to be hot and it is then jesus gets gets a little this is interesting he says hypocrites right he yells at the crowd hypocrites you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time so he's saying look people you know when it's going to rain you can see the clouds the rain clouds coming you know when it's going to be dry And he's saying, how do you not interpret the current times? He's basically saying, you see the miracles I'm doing. You see what's happening. How do you not realize that the Son of God is here? And what's happening? Why don't you believe what I'm saying? Can you imagine Jesus there emphatically saying this? You hypocrites, you can see it. Do you not see what I'm doing? Why are you not all repenting and following God? And he says, why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? Are you going with your adversary to the magistrate? Try try hard to be reconciled to him on the way, or he may drag you off to the judge, and the judge may turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out, not get out, until you have paid the last penny. So, that's the end of chapter twelve. An exciting chapter, and a lot uh, that Jesus is teaching not only his disciples but the crowd, and 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 really. Um, uh, telling and doing, uh, there's prophecy there about what will happen later after he's been crucified. Any questions on today's lesson? All right. Well, those of us that are joining, uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us through Luke chapter 12 and we'll take uh, chapter 13 next time.